Yo, welcome to the Take Two podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today I'm here with our friends Drew Fisher and Ethan. Ethan, how do you say your last name? Killeen. Killeen. Killeen? Two L's, two E's. Killeen. Killeen. All right, so I'm here with Drew Fisher and Ethan Killeen. Um, yeah, you guys go ahead and take take a moment to share about something about yourselves. Yeah, so my name's Ethan Killeen. I'm a sophomore design engineering technology major here at Trine. Uh, I also play drums on the worship team every Tuesday night, every other Tuesday night, depending. And I'm also on the tennis team here at Trine. And yeah, my name is Drew Fisher. I'm a senior mechanical engineer here at Trine. Uh, I live in the guy's house. I lead men's discipleship. And I'm on the worship team. I play cello. Very cool. So uh, to get started, um, we've been talking about Cultivate for the last couple weeks. Um, last week's episode, we talked a lot about roots and rays and what that looks like, how we establish our roots, how we um, raise each other up. This week, Travis um, talked about ripen and more of the, the harvest side of the fruit that we get to see in cultivating um, in our ministry. So what are just like, what are you guys' initial thoughts on that? What's, what's cultivate to you? Well, cultivate to me, you know, being an Indiana boy, I'm very familiar with the farming process. Um, just cultivating is planting that seed, taking care of it, tending to it, and watching that grow. That way you can have that harvest, um, that picking of the crop and making sure that that is timely, you know, making sure that, you know, we might not always know when that harvest is ready, but God will always know. And I think just cultivating that and growing the ministry here and in our own personal lives is a really cool aspect of this. Yeah, to me, cultivate so far is like, you know, you're taking care of a plant. You like you have to like nurture it. You know, you have to water it. You have to make sure it gets sunlight. You have to make sure it has good soil around it. And then, I mean, if it's a fruit-bearing plant, you have to, you know, pick the fruit, right? So, I mean, that's so so analogous. It's such a great ser- sermon idea and theme for the year because, I mean, that's really what we have to do. We have to be so intentional with what we do in our lives and our work for God. And, it's, yeah, the analogy works very well. Mm-hmm. What do you, when you say be intentional, what is, like, what does that intentionality mean to you? To me, being intentional is waking up in the morning and thinking to yourself, how can I serve God today? You know, to build things into your schedule and just be open to other opportunities even to just serve the Lord by, you know, however that looks like in your life. So if you're, you're involved in a lot of service opportunities, um, discipling other people, just talking to them and just being a comfort or an encouragement to the people around you. Yeah, that's like um, Travis talked about people of peace. And the qualities that those people, like, have are being receptive and having, like, a reputation and and good reference. And so, yeah, being, like, being a person of peace uh, to the people that you're around. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ethan, this is a question I've got directly for you. Okay. Um, I've heard from a good man, T-Rav, that you're really digging this Cultivate series. Um, what, what about that has been like impactful for you? Well, being in my second year here, it's that first year was really more growth than I had anticipated because it's, you know, being uprooted, there's going to be a lot of puns, so hold on (laughs) for that, but being uprooted from the the normal day to day of being, you know, 
a, a kid and coming to college and having to grow spiritually and mentally and emotionally and figuring all that out and just maturing and getting the roots deep. And I think being a part of CCH, that's, you know, that's the dirt around the roots and making sure that if it wasn't for these people who have been intentional with me, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. You know, it's a part of tending to that and the people that tended to me and just the growth through all of that and being able to see the growth, you know, like when you have a planet from the seed and getting that first sprout and then the leaves and then you see some tiny fruit, but you know, it's not ready yet. It's got to ripen and keep going. And I think just at a point now where the, the growth is happening to such a point where I can share that, you know, I've matured in that and coming into the second year, I'm excited for that. So. Yeah. What do you see now being on the like upperclassmen side of that? Like being the, the person that's pouring in to other people. Yeah, I think, you know, a first-year farmer isn't going to know the same stuff as a farmer that's been doing it and is just about to retire. You know, he's he's going to see a lot more. He's going to see a lot more opportunities and what that growth might look like in different people and different backgrounds and where everybody's at. So it is interesting being, you know, year older, seeing the freshmen and knowing that I was there at one point and knowing mm-hmm. what helped me to get to where I'm at now. Yeah, Drew, you're a little bit more of like – I don't want to say the guy that's going to retire, but you're a senior. I'm an, so. I'm an old man here. <laughs> how do you how do you see that? Yeah, I think I was a little bit on the the slow bloomer side. You know, it took me a couple of years to really pop out of the ground here. Uh, first couple of years, just kind of did my own thing. You know, just ten freshman guys group went to TNW, but not too much more than that. But I think as I've grown up and I've matured a little bit, I've you know just felt God's calling in my life, and then. I've just, I felt the calling for a long time. I just didn't know how to channel that and what to do about it. But I've really like stepped into that and just been very intentional about, you know, what can I do, you know, to serve the Lord and, you know, following that's really just taken me to, you know, to where I am now. A question that I had, I'd sent you guys, um, which I feel like is a loaded question even for me. So I apologize for that, but, um, like, have you ever looked at, at someone's life and just had compassion for them in the moments that they're in? Like, like Travis had mentioned, like, we see people frequently that are like, we know they're missing something, and the something that they're missing is Jesus. Um, and we, we can see that, but have you ever had those moments of, like, man, just compassion for those people? Yeah, absolutely for me. Um, missing something in the sense of, like, spiritually missing Jesus is, like, I reflect back on my own life and think about, you know, where I've been and the brokenness I've come from and talking to other people and hearing about their brokenness. It just like kind of gives me an overwhelming sense of man, like everybody needs this like so badly, you know, the, so the change and the transformation that we've had in our own lives and how God's redeemed, you know, a lot of our past mistakes and our past struggles and turned it all for good and how we've grown from that and how we're, you know, defined who we are now. And people are just don't have that growth. They don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, little piece of wisdom that I got while on a men's retreat last year was that freedom in Christ can turn the dirt of your life into the potting soil for your growth. And I think if you don't allow that change to happen and recognizing that you don't have to keep living that way, um, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because they – they wrestle with that 
heartbreak and that burden that they may have had in their life and don't realize that that dirt doesn't need to be what's keeping them under the ground. You know, Mm -hmm. they can use that with Jesus in their life to be able to grow and sprout into something incredible. Yeah. That's really how like, um, this is just like something that's been on my heart a lot recently of like, like, man, like, we know that God works all things for good, but sometimes we just see this like mess and we're like, hey, God, what are you, what are you doing in this? And it's like hard to see, but it's like, yeah. So when we, when we just see this dirt that's like had us buried, it's like, all right, God, here's this like pile of dirt. What do you want to do with this? And, and then like just trusting that he's going to do something with that, I think brings a lot of that freedom of like, all right, God, this is, this is yours. Like, I can't, I can't do anything with this without you and watching him then like make something grow from what just looks like dirt that once like held us down. Yeah. And um, over the summer I met someone who they were a Christian. Um, They were very strong in their faith, but they just been through some really, really hard break, heartbreaking, hard tragedies Um, in their past. They, you know, they deal with chronic pain in their knee from a skiing accident the doctors messed it up. The surgeons messed it up, the repair, the recovery. And so she's asked to live with this in her life. And talking to her more, she just had her twin sister and one of her other sisters and their their nephew, like, all died in a tragic car accident one day. Just, like, you know, all this stuff has happened the last couple of years, the car accident much more recently. And it's, like, to hear her, like, story of faith and all the things that she's having to deal with and go through, but yet she's still so full of the Spirit. It just was so encouraging to me. It's like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a little bit on the empathetic side, you know, as people go. And that just, like, it hurt to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what to do with those feelings except for just pray for her, you know. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, yeah, I feel that sometimes. Yeah. It's the brokenness of the world just weighs on you. Yeah, I think, that, like, I feel this a lot, too, of, like, there's these moments where it's like, man, God, I want to do something. Like, I want to, like, be of service to this person or these people or, like, there's just so much hurt here and how do I step into this? And I think more often than not, the best thing we can do is just channel that in prayer and just bringing it to him because he's like, he's like, I, I've got this. Like, I'm the one that can do something here because, like, as humans, we really don't have much control or power. Yeah. And to get to, like, to step into something like, there are times where God's like, yes, step in here. Like, here are resources. Like, you have a story that overlaps with this person's. Like, your compassion for them looks different than it could for somebody else in their life. But there's a lot of times where it's like, God, I, I don't have anything to do. Like, I can't yeah. do anything here. I don't know what to do. And it's just like praying for those people and just trusting God to do those things instead of yourself. Yeah. And it's just like Powerful. Our, our natural response. Like, ah, oh, we, we want to do something, but... You know, in many situations, you just, like you said, there's just nothing we can do except for pray. And Yeah, it's a good point. you got to trust the Lord. You know, he, he's the one that takes the dirt, you know, of our lives and turns into potting soil, like you said, Ethan. It kind of reminds me of the movie WALL-E. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that the other day. Yeah. So Wally's all alone, right, on a planet, nobody else around him. Um, but he finds the boot that has some dirt in it, right? And he carries that around. And when he goes up to, like, the ship and he sees all the humans and stuff, they're like, this guy got a boot with dirt in it. You know, he's, like, holding on to it because he knows something that we don't, right? And everybody's, like, just confused by it. But then he lets it grow. And then 
life comes from that. So knowing that if he hadn't taken it up there, if he hadn't trusted that there was something good that was going to come from it, then ultimately, if you've seen the end of the movie, nobody would have made it. Yeah. Because they needed that new life to begin. That's a really good analogy. I've never, I never heard, expected somebody yeah. to take Wally and be like, thank "Yeah, you. here we go." Pixar. <laughs> I mean, it's like Travis. What was it? It wasn't this past Tuesday. It was the Tuesday before where he quoted Cars. Oh yes, Cars. Yeah. If if you guys don't know this about me, Cars is my favorite movie of all time. So Kachow. Oh man, yeah, my Kachouch in my office. <laughs> I have Kachecks. Kachecks. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan might not be okay after hearing that. <laughs> uh, he's leaning very far away from the microphone because he doesn't want everyone to know that he's laughing so hard right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but no, like there's like symbolism in those movies that are like, it's applicable. Definitely. <laughs> um, I don't know, where was I going to go? I had something to say before I talked about cars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah, I was going to share about, um, like having like Caleb, Aaron and Aaron talked about this a little bit last week of like the story that we, like each of our individual stories, like those things and those like broken pieces, like you mentioned, like your friend from out West that like tragic car accident and just like this like random injury and like all these different things. It's like those those things in our lives that are like they we could just like leave them to do nothing with like they could just be nothing to our lives anymore but when we when we choose to like use those moments use that dirt to just continue with our our theme of dirt here (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like that's like where we really get to like connect with people and to like step in and like walk with people in life we really get to see like cultivate live into fruition like I think of like my little brother was in a dirt bike accident my sophomore year of college and like those moments of just like like true tragedy for my family is like man like if I didn't have that story there are people that I couldn't connect with um there are things that I just like I wouldn't understand I wouldn't understand the like man, like, how powerful it is to have people praying for you in those moments. Like, mm-hmm. now to, like, be the person that's, like, praying for people in similar situations, it's, like, man, like, you have no idea how encouraging that is unless you've, like, lived through those moments. And so... It makes it much more real. Yeah. Yeah, like, when our, like, empathy or compassion is, like, so hands-on because we've been in those moments, <laughs> it, like, the the fruit that comes from that, I think, is crazy. And, like, that's something only God could, like, ordain and put together of, like, our lives overlapping with somebody like that. But mm. Yeah. Um, as we talk about, like, compassion and, like, I don't know, like, a heartbreak for people, like, what do you, what do you guys do with that? Like, Drew, you talked about, like, sometimes you just, like, don't have any idea what to do but pray for those people. Um but how do we how do we like channel that in a way that we don't just like live with this weight on us of like man like I hurt for this person but how do we like channel that into into something fruitful I, I really think it's it's a call to action 
mm-hmm. and feeling the heartbreak of the world is just like you know it's you you know you you have to do something you may not be able to do something for the person right in front of you at that time at that moment but it makes you realize that you or god has a lot to offer the world and he works through you to do that so i, I always feel just like an overwhelming sense of just needing to do something you know needing to um, just make sure i'm just trying to answer God's call and do what he wants me to do in my life. On Tuesday, Travis talked about how Jesus was with his disciples and said, the harvest is ready, go. And he sent him out. And it's, it's interesting because he didn't say, you know, come, like come with me, like he was going. He was sending them out. And that took faith on their part. And just knowing that they were out there for a purpose, you know, it was not an asking, it was a calling. They were called to do that and that action, you know, he didn't say go and then they packed their bags and then stayed on the couch for a while and thought about it and did whatever they went because that was a calling for them. Yeah, that's like, oh man, I'm not going to remember where this is in scripture, but um, whoever this person is, um, it's like, let me just like go say goodbye to my family or like, let me go pack up my things and God just like, no, like you don't have time for that. Like I'm telling you to go now, like they'll be okay. I <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be with them, but I need you to go. And that, that kind of urgency is, is wild. Like I can't imagine being like, see you never mom and dad. <laughs> and just like following a calling like that. But like, man, like God's urgency is like urgent. Yeah. Was there an example when Jesus was calling the 12 disciples that one of, I forget which one it was. Said, oh, I need to go bury my father, you know? Yeah, I think we're talking about the same yeah. one. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I remember which disciple, but yeah. Yeah. Let the dead bury their own dead. And you're like, come and follow me. Mm-hmm. In that urgency and, and like stepping out and following, I think uh, a lot of times we're like, we get caught up in one of two extremes. We get caught up in like taking care of our own soul and like only taking care of our own soul, or we get caught up in like only pouring out. Um, and when we get caught up in one of those two extremes, like obviously there's like a, di- like there's a, there's a balance that isn't happening in our lives because like we can only pour so much and then our cup's going to be empty. Um, and then like, I mean, if we fill up and like, we're not allowing it to overflow, like we can only fill our cup so full. And so how do, how do we like, how do you guys see a balance of like filling up your cup, taking care of your own soul and then allowing that to overflow into the other areas of your life, other people. Well, an analogy I heard at Freshman Guys Group last year was about a Nike football, like a foam football, but it lights up. Like you stick it under the lamp or stick it outside, and then at nighttime, it'll glow, right? But if you leave it outside, that shine goes away. It's not going to glow anymore because it wasn't being charged up. So knowing the balance between not keeping yourself under the lamp but not being out too much is really crucial for that balance because you don't want to be leading someone somewhere you haven't been, you know, and I think we can get stretched too thin with things, but knowing where your home base is, knowing your community around you and what your personal faith and spiritual tactics look like to know where you should be going and how often, you know, you can be, you can, you can gauge your own sort of cup if that makes sense, by knowing when you get out there. It's like when you leave the house and you're like, oh, man, I forgot my keys, because you can feel it. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, but you know where they are. Your keys are on the table. You left them there. So you know to go back to it. You know that you can always keep coming back to God. He's always going to keep filling you. if You mm-hmm. just keep seeking him through that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And the thing that kind of came to my mind is just, you know, you look in Ecclesiastes and it's like, you know, my righteousness is worthless. Right? And you think about that, it's like, my righteousness is worthless? And you kind of think about that. And I always relate that back to the passage that uh, Travis talked about this week, and that was John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as we stay in the Lord and like try and discern the Lord's will for what he wants us to do, even in ministry, um, because... We're not all called to do the same types of ministry mm-hmm. and do the same thing at the same time um, to just really try. And it's, it's easier said than done for sure, because, you know, trying to discern the Lord's will is not, not the easiest at times, but to just make sure that we're doing what he calls us in particular to do, not trying to do what he's calling someone else to do. Mm-hmm. And so being, staying with him, staying in the branch and like Ethan talked about just getting in the light and like filling yourself up that way but also just not trying to take on someone else's burden and someone else's job, someone else's task, mm-hmm. someone else's part of the body. Yeah. Yeah, discernment's been a big word for me recently. I, uh, this was like over summer. I just like never done this before in my life, but I have this little like whiteboard in my house and I was like, I just started writing down things I should be praying for. And I like, I have like a journal that's usually where things go, but for some reason I was like, I'm going to write this on my door frame basically because it's right next to my front door. And I wrote down the word discernment. And then that afternoon, I was with the lead minister of my church. His name's Greg. And he was like, I'm really just like, I'm sensing that you're desiring discernment in your life. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah, but let's let's, let's talk about discernment a little bit. Because like, I think that's a crucial point of like, how do we discern when we should be going out? And how do we discern when we should be, be going to the Lord and filling up with him? I think, I mean, the textbook answer, the stereotypical answer, just be prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Just pray on it, pray on it, pray on it. Um, and I mean, that's that's just that's what we have sometimes. That's that's all you. I mean, I think oftentimes we'll feel a call, like a very strong calling, mm-hmm. like this is what I'm supposed to do, and the Holy Spirit works in us in that way. But sometimes it's you just pray and you trust that the Lord will make it clear to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're at a crossroads. Sometimes you just have to trust that no matter which way you go, the Lord will be with you. Yeah, I think whenever we get that, you know, maybe like something prompts us, right? And we have to discern whether that's coming from us or whether that's coming from God. And that's mm-hmm. that can be hard sometimes, but relating it back to Scripture, you know, is is what this is saying leading me in the right direction, you know? And it's, it might be hard sometimes, but we still have to, answer that calling you know it's jesus told the disciples to wait on certain things and he told them to go whenever they needed to go you know he has the answers and if we aren't listening right aren't in prayer like you said it's just it's a lot harder to discern that feeling of direction yeah and i think you know we have the privilege of being in a, a big Christian community here at CCH and if you're a part of a church, a member of a church. And I think just talking to other people as well, 
because think getting other people's wisdom on something is just very valuable. I feel like just to, to discern whether something's coming from you or coming from the Lord, like you mentioned, because that, that can be hard. Yeah. This idea that popped in my head, is that the Holy Spirit or is that just me wanting to do something that I want to do? Yeah. It's like seeking counsel. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think like something that I've been thinking about too is like the kind of like the in the moment decisions that have to happen where it's like, all right, I see this person over here. God, am I supposed to go talk to them or am I not? And those are like, those are hard moments to discern because it's like, it's just so quick. You're like, my window is about 30 seconds. (laughs) I need to hear an answer. And so it's, those moments are tough too because it's like, how, how do I, I listen for the Lord in those like very fast paced moments? I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but... Any I think thoughts? listening comes from knowing a voice, right? Like if you just hear a random voice telling you to go somewhere, you're like, who was that? You know, like you just, you don't know. But if the disciples who had been around Jesus, they knew his voice, they knew him. When he said go, they knew it, right? And like your best friend, you know your best friend's voice. If they tell you something that seems out of character, you're like question it a little bit. But because you know their voice, you can, mm-hmm. you can trust that. So being close to that, God's not going to yell at you. He's going to whisper. And that means being intimate and being close with him. Yeah, I love that you just brought that up. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite sermons that I heard over the summer, my friend Haley gave, and she talked about just that. It's like, how could you pick out a voice from across a loud room if you don't know who they are? Like I could shout at Kaylee or say Kaylee from across a busy loud room full of strangers and she'd probably hear me she'd probably know it was me versus you know someone you didn't know you know you may not even hear it mm-hmm. so like spending time with the lord in his word you can be able to actually hear his voice and then also just having quiet time and meditation as well can also be helpful for that i think yeah i think like something that yeah like the busy room like analogy of like our lives are busy and chaotic. And so it's like sometimes God whispers little things and they're kind of just in the middle of all of that chaos where it's like, he's like, hey, go, hey, go talk to this person or, or hey, like here's this like dream or vision or like here's this scripture like for you. And it's like these little things and it's like we so quickly can run past those because it's like, oh man, I got to get, I got to do my next class or I'm running late for this appointment or my boss is supposed to call me or like whatever it is, you're like running around. And then it's like, man, God like whispered something super powerful. And we're like, I don't, I don't even want to know how often I miss those moments, but yeah, I don't know. There's like, I don't want to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Something we talked about at the winter retreat last year was distractions. Right. And if you break that word Mm -hmm. down, it is a distraction. So a distraction is going to get you off course, you know, getting traction and moving in the right direction. And they're in a busy room, you know, there's a lot of distractions, but we got to make sure that we're hunkered down. We're in the right lane, knowing where we need to be to know that we can keep moving forward, you know, and you know, when it rains out, you're going to hydroplane. If you're going too fast in the right direction, you skid and then you keep moving. And, but knowing you can also without traction, you can't stop you know, a break, stopping when you need to, resting when you need Mm. to. So just having that and not focusing on the distractions, but being focused and dialed into what God is saying to you in that moment. Yeah. 
So really what I'm, what I'm hearing from you guys is it boils down to our intimacy with the Lord, like in, in discerning whether or not we like step into the, the compassion that we feel for people or the moments we're here, we will hear the Lord say, go, um, or, or sit and rest with me. It's all, it's all about that, like intimate relationship. What are you guys' let's, – let's go back. Um, I mentioned very quickly, like Travis talked about a person of peace. I don't know. Do you guys have notes from that? Like do you remember what Travis said about that? Uh, if you can just give us and our listeners a quick refresh. Yeah, I think I have an idea. Quick but. refresh. Uh, <laughs> a person of peace was defined by three things, receptive, being receptive to Christ, his message, um, to you or the people around them, to, to faith – um, the second part was reputation. Like people know who this person is. And the third thing is reference. Um, someone who has influence on other people. That was the definition that he gave us of a person of peace. So the, the three, the three points, what was the first one? Receptive. Receptive to the Lord and the message. Mm-hmm. So someone who is influences other people. Oh man, I just had the other one. I missed it. And reference. Reference. Re- well, reference is someone who has influence. Right. Reputation is people know this person. Okay. I think those are definitely people who are, are well-suited to, like, I mean, if they're receptive of the message, you know, mm-hmm. and, they, and they have a wide sphere of influence and are respected people, those are people who are in a very, very good position to spread the gospel and be someone in an evangelistic position mm-hmm. just by nature of their sphere and just who they are and their personality. So that's what that really makes me think of. And he talked about um, Aiden during the service who Lance poured into when Aiden mm-hmm. was a freshman and Aiden and a sophomore and Aiden eventually gave his life to Christ. And now Aiden is just such a great ambassador for the Lord that's why I think of when I think of a person of peace as someone who's in a very good position to just by nature of who they are and their sphere of influence by to be just a, an ambassador, you know, to everyone for mm-hmm. the Lord. I mean, we all are called to do this, but I think some people are definitely have more of an evangelistic gift than others. Mm-hmm. That really goes to like the, um, like having no agenda with people, just like being there, being present, um, Pete Coco, who spoke at the fall retreat last year, talked about steady presence. <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought of when Travis mentioned person of peace is like somebody who's steady and present. And like those, those people, when I think of those kind of people in my life, I'm like, yeah, you provide peace. <laughs> and like you're receptive and you have a reputation and a reference. And it's like it's powerful. It's a challenge to like try to live like that. I think that is another thing we talk about, you know, seeking like finding a person of peace, but are we people of peace? Mm. You know, are we, are we in ourselves being able to find what we're looking for in people? You know, are we receptive? Do we have that reference with people? You know, there's a lot of people that could say, oh, I don't really have influence over anybody, you know, whatever. And it's, Mm -hmm. for me, that came down to what I was saying, you know, is what I'm saying worth listening to? You know, I, I, Sometimes I can be kind of a funny guy, so <laughs> not, not always making jokes, you know, is what I'm saying valuable? Is this making a difference 
and people when it comes to those things. Mm. You know, there's a time and a place for everything, but just being able to discern when those things are and when is the anointed time by God to sit down and talk to somebody about those things. Yeah, and we talked at the the men's retreat last year. He brought up right before we had Robbie Raspberry speaking, uh, youth minister at Fairview, who's got a big influence here at CCH. He comes to TNW every week and just hangs out mm-hmm. and just loves people. And he talked about the importance and the power of our words and what we say. And he said his his three big points were to speak truth, to speak encouragement, and to speak less, mm-hmm. and to be able to honor the Lord with like all of our words because they are so powerful. So we can either use them to tear people down or to build people up. And I think, like you said, if, if what we're saying is valuable, people will want to listen. I was thinking about that the first it, week, about that sermon that he gave. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to him about it, but I didn't send him. Ike reminded me, because Ike and I got coffee the other day. And he was like, he was talking about that, like, that was like a, like a big shock for him. Like, it rocked his world a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, everyone else I talked to about it later, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, he didn't really. I remember at the, at the retreat that, like, day after like that night just talking to people being like oof you know like that's that was important yeah you know cuz that's part of that growing and maturing right is speech you know what is coming out of our mouths you don't mm-hmm. the what's coming out of an 80 year old mouth is not coming out of a 14 year old mouth you mm-hmm. know and just knowing that and knowing the occasion for that and speaking truth being encouragement overall speaking less because there's an Abraham Lincoln quote that was in my eighth grade social studies teacher's classroom. And it said that it was better to be quiet and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> That's so true, Which isn't was it? so, so fitting for an eighth grade classroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, middle schoolers. Yeah. So just that one hit hard. Yeah. That's like um, in the book of James when, they talk, when he talks about taming the tongue. Like... Slow to speak, slow to anger, mm. quick to listen, though. And I think a lot of that, that ties together to, like, is my influence with people, my, like, relationships with people, am I being somebody that brings life or am I being somebody that takes life? Like, I mean, you you mentioned, like, joking and stuff, like, <laughs> funny guy, you know? Mm. But it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and like you said, like, there's a time and place for that. Like, people love that about you, Ethan, just so you know. Don't Thank don't you. stop being a jokester because it's great. I um, that. He's got a big smirk on his face right now. <laughs> but it, yeah, there's like an aspect of like the right time and right place for things. Like you said, of like is this in this moment is this breathing life or is it taking life? And like there's more discernment for us, but. Um, and I think yeah. our our speech just has so much to do with cultivate, like mm-hmm. cultivating the environment and the community that we're in. It's like, do we have a community and a culture really that like, likes to joke around a lot that makes fun of each other a lot, which everyone likes to do with their friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no question about that, but it's like, what if the community that we made was more encouraging than joking, worried more about lifting others up than to try to make ourselves feel important by being funny. I'm not trying to bash on anyone who's funny. I like jokes. This is the next. (laughs) Something that I had to, work through and think about, you know, is as I am getting older, there's, I'm finding less times and places to do that, which means that what I'm saying does have to have more weight behind it, I guess. Mm. Not everything has to be light and fluffy like I want it to be. Some things have to be taken seriously, and that's 
something that I've been working on personally. And like when we open our mouths, especially when we make a joke, are we like trying to make other people laugh so that, you know, they feel good and that it's funny? Or are we trying to make ourselves feel better about ourselves? You know, are we trying to lift others up? Or are we trying to lift ourselves up? That's good. That's really good. And I, I think that goes into like being a person of peace too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was like thinking. Is like, man, he's like, like, I th- when I think of depth of like friendships and relationships, I think of like there's a lot of like peace in those because it's just like like you're at peace of like sharing with those people, but like there's like a peace about the words that they speak to you or over you as well. I don't know. I'm I'm hung up on the question of like we talk about finding a person of peace for our life, but being a person of peace for other people. And yeah, I didn't think about that that much during the sermon. Mm-hmm. But that's being being one is something that we can control a lot more than finding one. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's like another thing that just overflows out of like out of our intimacy with the Lord. It's like man, I can't create a reputation for myself. I can't create a repu- like a reference for myself. Like all of those things come from like the character of how I choose to live. And my character is nothing without the Lord. So it's like it yeah. all just comes back to him. Your righteousness, our righteousness is worthless. Yeah. Back to Ecclesiastes. There we go. All right, Drew, I've got a question for you. Okay. You, you asked me this the other day at the porch party. Um, we're over at Travis's house, but... Um, you asked me like, what does it mean to be a part of a Christian community, and and the reason that I like, I feel like this really ties in right now is like as we talk about our intimacy with the Lord, um, it's hard for us to like step into intimacy with Him when we're not a part of a community that's also doing so. Like yeah, we're we're living alone, we're living without accountability. Like mm-hmm. it's just really tough. So, posing your question back to you of like, what does it mean to live in a Christian community? Yeah, when I asked, I asked a couple people this question. And when I was asking, I didn't really have an answer. Uh, I was just trying to, you know, figure things out. You know, it's because I've heard someone say before that they didn't really feel like they were part of a community at CCH. It's just in that moment, in that day where they were at. And I'm like, well, okay, but what does it even mean to be in a Christian community, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what what would define that or what would make you think that you were in one? Like, there's no checklist for sure, but... Or just some things that like you, you might see, you might look for. But I think to me, the mo- one of the most important things would be that we're not all just a bunch of individuals that just hang out and do stuff, right? We're all we're more concerned about our greater shared goal and purpose than we are about our own kind of things we have going on because that's our private life. That's not part of a community. We all, I mean, we're on college. We all talk about our tests and our homework. But at the end of the day, I mean, other than being kind of empathetic, no one really cares about anyone else's homework. No one really cares about any, anyone else's tests and exams because it just doesn't really matter. It doesn't, it's not part of our shared goal and our shared purpose. So to be, to be in a Christian community is just, I think you have to have the aspects of being people of peace, to have those depth of conversations, you know, to create an environment where people feel like, more than just comfortable to talk about difficult things that are going on in their lives, but like they feel like they're encouraged to, because I think most people want to get that kind of stuff off of their chest and to just, you know, join together in prayer and talk about, you know, what we can do and what our vision is to just make the world a better place. Yeah. I th- something that you said of like 
the like encouraged to like not just like oh man I gotta get this off my chest I'm gonna share this as fast as I can and get out of here but the like almost like normality of like sharing deeper parts of life together I think it, it is huge like yeah unless somebody asks me how I'm doing I'm like life's good and even sometimes when people ask me I'm like life's good and then I'm like yeah. I've done this to Travis before where he's been like how, how you doing and I'm like good and then, like, four hours later, I walk back to his office, and I'm like, Travis, I just lied to you. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> and man. I'm like, And I'm like, and, like, my instinct is always to say good because, like, truthfully, like, God is good, therefore my life is good. And when I can, see, like, when I get to see that, it's just like, yeah, life's good. Even though there are hard things and there's, like, this depth in my life that, like, it's like, that's why I go back. And I'm like, all right, let me share a little bit more about how I'm actually doing. Yeah. Um, I think culture programs us to keep our issues and problems to ourselves we don't want other people to know we're struggling even though everyone mm-hmm. struggles yeah so everyone says oh how you doing oh, i'm good you know mm-hmm. so yes god is good all the time but yeah we gotta do better about you know sharing our burdens i think mm-hmm. which can be uncomfortable oh you know, yes if you, don't, if you don't have that community of people to talk to it can be hard you're not gonna you might go up to someone in walmart and be like listen i'm gonna tell you about my day you know that's <laughs> They might appreciate that. They yeah. might not. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you just, if it's really weighing on you, you got to do that. But just yeah. having the people to where you know that you can go to, the people mm-hmm. that you can do that with, the the dirt around the roots to help the tree grow. Mm. Not like Travis's tree, which he yeah. shook all the dirt off of when he <laughs> transplanted it. But. I don't know how many weeks in a row we're going to go joking about this, but oh, it's going to be a lot. As many until it's on the ground, I think. <laughs> Once the tree keels over, finally. Yes. The it's stri- got those the strings on it. The string so. can only hold it up for so long. It's one stiff breeze and it's gone. Yeah. Oh, but I can you can you repeat what you said again? The joke, I, I lost it. I feel like, like our jokes have really it. been just like ripping the good things oh, out. Oh, I know. Like, gosh, man. Ethan, why are you joking? <laughs> why are you so funny, Ethan? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's not serious. Because it's uncomfortable to talk about serious things, so you add a little humor in there. Okay, no, yeah. So you you said that it's uncomfortable to talk about serious things. That's why you have to have the dirt, right? The people, Mm -hmm. the relationships in the community. Yeah. Excellent. I I lost what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, I know what I was going to say. All right, it's back. It's back. (laughs) I think... When people can't share, don't feel comfortable sharing their issues, it just, like, eats them up inside. Like, it has to. Like, uh, there's, what other ways there's a really process that kind of dirt in your life, you know? I mean, people who just don't know how to process or don't have a community to be able to do, with it, do it with, I mean, I feel like those are people who are more likely to turn to substance abuse or other, you know, self-deprecating or, not deprecating, but damaging habits, you know? and things that are hurtful, and they know that it's not good, but it, if it eases the pain that they feel inside, mm-hmm. it, that's what they turn to. And I don't really know anything about this kind of thing, but it seems like, you know, people that have a good community of people to turn to, whether that's a strong family or, you know, their church or whatever it might end up being, just end up having a, a little bit easier of a go of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with these uh, Angola winters, it can be easy to get comfortable with the heat that's coming out of the wall, you know, but then once it starts to warm up outside and you go outside and you feel the sun, the sun is a lot different of a heat source mm-hmm. than what's coming out of your vent, you mm-hmm. know, and it's because it's coming from the source. You know, we can have a lot of things that might bring us warmth or light, 
but they're not coming from the source, you know, and that's, that's where the true feeling comes from of knowing, okay, this isn't going to hurt me, you know? Yeah. I think that's like, that's such a good point though, of like sharing the uncomfortable, like deeper parts of life together. Like, um, we talk about accountability a lot. That's like that accountability, but, um, I think it's, like, and this comes to the balance. Like, Travis kind of mentioned this. Like, we have our Christian circle, our Christian friends. Like, yes, we need to be with them. But, like, we also have, like, we need to have, like, non-Christian friends that we're able to, like, be present with, to be a person of peace for. Um, But something I've thought about it, too, is, like, a lot of times in, like, our Christian circle, we can just be like, oh, yeah, everybody's good here because, like, if they were going to share life, they'd, they'd have like if something deep was going on, they would share it already. And it's like, man, I think there are, there are a lot of moments um, where like our Christian friends can give the life's good answer and then we don't check in on them and we're not like, mm. no, like how is it good? Like, and that's that, like those things that like start to dig a little bit deeper and um, yeah, like us like really stepping into that accountability then like, all right, if you're going to say life's good, then then like tell me what's good. Yeah. Because if you don't have an answer to that, then there's some other things we should probably be talking about. We can invite people to be part of a community, but what does that community look like? Mm. You know, are we making sure that that's, that we have quality over just quantity? Mm. Yeah. That's good. I like that you're saying, like, keeping people accountable by, like, saying, oh, like, how was life good? It's not like, I don't believe you. It's like, how is it good? Because a lot of people will have an answer for why life is good. And it's, I think it's really powerful to reflect on why, you know, what is Mm -hmm. good about your life in the moment. Because we have to, we have to celebrate the good times and thank God for them. Mm-hmm. You know, can't take him for granted. You know, we're on top of the mountain. He's, you know, even when you should be able to see him the most, you know, is when you're on top of the mountain. And you look back at all the struggles you have. But I think, I think most of us really struggle to, you know, appreciate the good times. And we only start thinking about God when we're, we're down in the valley. Yeah. And us, us talking about the good things is an act of worship. Like... That's an interesting idea. Can you can you expand upon that? Yeah, I mean, like, if you're talking about what's good in your life, good things are from the Father, right? It's like, if I'm talking about what's good, like, that's like a way of boasting in the Lord. Mm. That's, that's like, that's bringing Him glory and honor, which is an act of worship. I like that. That's good. I That's definitely something I don't do very much, very often. Like, reflect mm-hmm. on how good my life is. You know, sometimes it takes me seeing some tragedy on the news or, you know, just just other people that are less fortunate than I to make me think like, wow, like even though, you know, school's hard or I'm having a bad day or whatever it might be that, you know, I'm here, I'm alive, I'm able to follow my dreams, you know, pursuing my career, mm-hmm. um, being able to be surrounded by such a great Christian community, people that love and care about me. And, you know, I got, I can walk, I can run, I can play sports, you know, yeah, and just, I've had so many opportunities, so much goodness in my life. I just we just take it for granted. And a lot of people, when you say, you know, like, how's it going? And if they say, you know, oh, it's not going so great. Uh, I had a pastor back home that if you gave something like an answer like that, he would say, what would it look like if it was? What if, what would it look like if you were? Okay, you know, not just saying, oh, it's bad, it's going to be bad, but just what, what if it was good? What would that look like to you? And how can that be achievable? Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that question. Yeah. Because if, if you don't have a goal, if you don't really know what good looks like, you have nothing to go towards. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of 
stumbling around in the dark. Yeah. It's about perspective too. What are you focusing on? Mm-hmm. Are you focusing on the bad that just happened or what's the best way to get out of it? Yeah. And having that intimate relationship with the Lord, like we were talking about earlier and spending time with him, like that is a light that mm-hmm. should point us in the right direction as well. Thank you guys for being on the podcast with me. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's awesome to get to hear your guys' perspectives on on the things that we're learning as a body, um, but also just things that have been on your heart. So thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. Um, as always, if you guys need any more information on Take Two, Take Two Podcast, check out social media, CCH Trine app, and you'll be in the loop.